Well, whoa, we are live. There we go, man. It was taking a minute. Yeah, I was whoa. worried about it. I didn't even know how to start. I was just like, wow, I just made a noise around. Yeah, What's going on? <laughs> What's up, everybody? The intros aren't that great, but we, we get it going. Welcome back to the True Christian Podcast. It is our Monday episode, which means that we have another one in two days. This is the best episode for me because I get to be excited about our next one. Um, I am joined, as always, with, by JD, our brother from South Africa, who is bundled up because they're in winter over there, which I just no. learned is is mind-blowing to me because I'm hot over here, um, and he's over there in winter. And that's just weird to think of June as a winter month, but what's up, JD? Yeah, good in you, brother Mark. Good in you, man. Good to see you. Good to see all of you in the chat. God bless you. What's up? Um, I see you all. God bless you. Thanks for being here as always. Because Michael, we know his mind is busy, he's gonna forget. But please like and subscribe. Um, after going looking at the videos, the reruns, um, with we've got like 60 or sometimes we've got like 60 70 people watching, but only like 30 likes. So please go and like and subscribe and, and share this with your brothers and sisters and your family members because ultimately we are trying to grow this page. So God bless you all for being here, and thank you all for uh, popping in as always. Yes, tonight's yes, topic. Yes. Oh, Good tonight's one. topic is a heavy one. Uh, first, let me address TikTok and just let you guys guys know, as always, um, you can be watching us. We are live also on TikTok, but you can't comment. You can't see what's on screen. And tonight is a night you probably want to see what's on screen. We're going to have the Bible on screen. We've got some videos we're going to be taking a look at. And these videos are going to be more visual than hearing because, well, you'll understand when we get to the topic. So by all means, if you want to join us on YouTube, uh, follow the link in the profile. It's youtube.com slash at true Christian. And also, I'm not going to be live on TikTok after this episode. I know some people on TikTok are like, well, we'll get to talk to Mike when this is over because he comes over here. I've got a very busy week, a very busy day tomorrow. So the podcast, then I'm out. So if you want to be able to participate and be in the comment section and communicate, jump over to uh, YouTube. Uh, this is your chance. But guys, as you see, the title says, many will say, Lord, Lord. You might be like, well, what is what is that topic, right? Um, <laughs> so this topic is not what you think it is. We're not actually breaking down Matthew 7, 21 in the way that you probably are like, oh, well, we want to know what what what's exactly happening here. The main focus that we're going to be talking tonight about is signs and wonders, specifically the two that Jesus speaks about. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, I cast out demons in your name. I prophesied in your name, right? People that are out here doing the whole, like I speak in tongues and I'm getting revelation from the Holy Spirit and I'm casting out devils. Uh, it's about time we, uh, we address it. Let me just go ahead and say this up front. I may lose some followers tonight, but I don't <laughs> care. I stand on the word of God. And, and I just ask you this. I ask you this, put your emotions to the side, put your experiences to the side. Nothing in scripture tells you to lean on your experiences. Now, it, let yeah. me say right now, if we were to go off my experiences, I've seen some things that I could probably chalk up to some crazy demonic things and, and all types of stuff. But we don't yeah. lean on our experiences. We don't lean on our emotions. It's about what does the word of God say? And we're going to show how the word of God actually tells us this and warns us of this. Um, so we're going to be touching on a lot of stuff. And we're actually going to look at some videos that I pulled from TikTok. And this wasn't things like, I've been saving. No, it took me three seconds to find these. So imagine how much is really out there of these deliverance ministries. And I also want to preface this by saying that this is not me saying that God doesn't work through his believers, that people can't have gifts. 
That's not yeah. what's being said. Because I don't know about you, JD, but whenever you speak against the people that are exaggerating the gifts and and straight up just disrespecting the Holy Spirit, you get this pushback like, oh, you don't think believers have the authority to do X, yeah. Y, and Z. Like, no, yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying yeah. that I'm not about to just be like, well, huh, if he said it's from God, it's from God. Amen. Amen. And we, we we are told so explicitly in scripture to test everything because not every spirit that we that we come across is from God. And moreover, you know, people come into the, the, the wrong understanding when when it says these find these signs shall follow them that believe. And and the we see this abundantly from you know 1 Corinthians 13 as well. These will abide, faith, hope, and love. Um Prophecies will fail. Tongues will cease. Um, so ultimately, we're not speaking against the gifts. We're not saying God still moves however God wants to move. Um, we are just saying those who have manipulated the gifts for financial gain, for clout, for for massive amounts of views and, and the like. So again, to anybody that that does believe the gifts still continue and, and, and are still in operation today, we are not saying they aren't. We are just saying there's a biblical way. And there's the non-biblical way. So I pray that you guys are blessed um, and that you do stick around. And as Mike said, don't lean on your own understanding. Let's go into the scriptures. Let's see what the word of God says about these things. So before we start diving into scriptures, I've got a bunch of videos queued up. And I don't know which ones I'm clicking on. But I just want to watch a few of them that I have to show you what is happening today, especially on social media, but inside churches. So first one, I'm going to queue up. Um, let's just enjoy this. So you can't see it probably, but wait, they have a little notepad here that actually has like deliverance notes on it. Like you fill out a sheet of who's been delivered that day. Uh, and this woman is speaking in tongues. She's screaming, hi, shalaya, shamaya, hi, shalaya, ya, ya, ya. While this person is shaking convulsing like that so i want to ask you a did question you hear what he said? did you hear what, what he said what, i don't care think? if you're christian or not Oh, I didn't hear that. He's like, I don't care if you're Christian or not. So, like, again, we 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 see this is this is demonic, guys. This is demonic. This is not from the spirit of God. This is no. this is one hundred percent demonic. And here's the sad thing. I'll be honest with you, that. The cameras are always present when these demons are present, supposedly, right? So you always got cameras out. It's like people are always ready for these demonic uh, exorcisms. Number two, it's always in the churches, too. Like yeah. your church, like, like let, let me just ask you this your church, your, your church don't put fear in demons' heart, demons walking into your churches. Because for the first X number of days, demons weren't work, walking into churches. Now, what they'll do is they'll say, Well, Jesus cast spirits out of a man in the synagogue. Well, the synagogue wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. Those people weren't yeah. dwelt with the Holy Spirit. I'm saying yeah. you're telling me that you have a building full of people that are indwelt with the power of God. And every week you have demons showing up, being delivered like they haven't got the news out. Like, hey, bro, they get delivered over there. Maybe we shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't take the hosts over there. Maybe we should just, you know, stay clear of this. Um, and, Mike, 
like and my question to that pastor would be who's saying it doesn't matter if you're christian or not so then what's the point of being a christian like if you're still going to be tormented by demons and you can go out your house and be possessed then why even come to jesus why even do it like like we we've, where's the freedom that we are promised in the spirit like it, it doesn't it doesn't line up with scripture at all so let me see which video this is there's deliverance there's breakthrough from the flesh romans chapter six there's freedom now where does the demons play in so let's shift our focus to the influence that demons have on this entire situation demons are there's two theories but i'll just give you the the mainline orthodox oh okay so i want to i want to leave this video because this is one that i want you guys to look at later so that that one i actually have because i'm going to want to dive into scripture after he speaks I have a script. I have scriptures I want to pull out just for him to show that he is literally twisting scriptures. And I also want to show you guys what demons actually are and not what that man tells you demons are. So, you know what? I know what that video is now. Let's go ahead and let's shelf that for a second. Let's, uh, oh, here we go. Let's talk about tongues. Let's talk about tongues. Whether it's whether you start speaking in tongues now or later, whatever, I'm going to pray for you. Put your hand on your stomach. Okay. Close your eyes. Father, I when COVID hit, these people were like, how am I going to keep making my, you know, how am I going to keep doing this? You know what? I'm going to start delivering through Zoom calls and giving people the Holy Spirit through Zoom calls. Right now, in the name of Jesus, that Anita is baptized with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Lord, right now, receive the gift of tongues right now in Jesus' name. By the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Touch in Jesus' name. Father, I baptize them right now with the fire. So I want to pause here for a second. When Paul met the men in Acts chapter 19, what did he say to them? He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? But now we have these people being like, you have to like have the Holy Spirit injected into you. Like, come on, yeah. receive this Holy Spirit. Receive this Holy Spirit. What happened to receive it when you believe? Do you believe? Or do you need someone? Are you telling me that a person cannot receive the Holy Spirit unless another person puts puts it in them. Like I need someone to come put the Holy Spirit in me. So man, I'm screwed if I ain't got no real good Christians around me. If I ain't got those, you know, those deliver. If I ain't got them around me to give me that Holy Spirit, what am I? What am I finna do, JD? Yeah, I mean that's that's what we see. It's just this, this is this just before we play a game. Like um, I just want to touch on something he says. Like he's like receive the baptism of fire. Let yeah. me just tell you something. <laughs> you you know, every single reference to a baptism of fire throughout the Old Testament was God's wrath, was God's judgment. Baptism of fire isn't what people think it is. When people go, the Holy Spirit fire rained down on me, that's God's judgment. Um, when Jesus came to baptize with, with, with the Holy Spirit and with fire, that fire we, we see clearly in the book of Revelation. That fire is coming and it's, it's on its way. This is not the baptism. Jesus of fire. came to baptize with spirit and spirit. fire. And we are for spirit. You don't want his fire. I promise you, you don't Amen. want his fire. Uh, the gift of tongues now to be activated in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father God. In the name of Jesus, receive it, receive it. Receive it now in Jesus' name. Receive it in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that gift is moving. That is moving. All right, so I won't keep going with this. 
while we're no. talking about this, uh, we mentioned people with experiences. I know there's people listening right now that are like, no, I've been present for this, and it was real. It was real. I promise you, Mike, you got to listen to me. It was real. I had people DMing me because I recently mentioned this. Mike, I'm telling you, I've been there. I had it cast out of me. Do you guys know what the placebo effect is? Yeah. I'm just going to be honest with you. If you believe what's causing you an issue is a demon, and then you are convinced that this person removed the demon from you, there will be a benefit in your life. There will be a change in, in your life. You will yeah. probably move forward without that problem. Problem. But guess yeah. what? That happens outside of Christianity. People get hypnotized, hypnotized, and now they no longer smoke. Now they no longer remember their trauma, right? Because they, they get convinced this isn't in you anymore. Placebo effect is real. So yes, is it possible? that you were battling with an addiction and then someone delivered you and then you got better 100% because you believed the enemy was no longer in you, which really means that that's when you actually took that step of belief to conquer your flesh, not conquer a demon, conquer your flesh. But again, man. Yeah. They, I mean, they, we, we, we see the, the other thing is like, like, and I just want to pose this question to, to my brothers and sisters in the chat. If this were the case, if demons were being cast out this way, then surely healing would take place in the same way. Why are these dudes not walking through the cancer ward, touching every single little child and then getting up without cancer? Because we know that that's not the way. Even Paul goes on in his epistles to say, pray over one another for your ailments. Um, this is why we seek God. We know that God can still move, but we seek him. We don't seek validation from men that 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 claim they're moving in the spirit and a couple and we're gonna get to the scriptures on these things i promise you stick around but like jd said there are certain gifts that you can't fake if you tried but there are gifts that's easy to fake and one is the gift of tongues that they created right i can't fake another language that's not happening i'm not about to start speaking swahili right now Right now, yeah, I, I can't. Yeah. And what's funny is before the the advance of technology, if you actually go back and study this in Pentecostal roots, the early tongues that the entire church was doing, they were convinced was other languages. But then they went on mission trips to those countries. You can go do the research on this. Mike's not making this up. Their pastors yeah. would tell them, "No, you're speaking, you're speaking Chinese." Then they went on mission trips, and people in China were like. <laughs> You ain't speaking my language. I don't, yeah. I don't know who told you that. So then it shifted to angelic tongues. And now suddenly everybody has angelic tongues. They don't have real tongues. They don't have healing. They don't have prophecy. And I mean real prophecy, not guessing that, you know, something might happen in the future at some point, whenever. And if it ends up happening in five years from now, you're like, well, see, I said that five years ago, I said that something like this would happen. None yeah, of these yeah. other gifts exist, but you can cue the Holy Spirit to give you a gift whenever you want with one with this gift. Let's but continue. The best thing about it is oh, the best thing about it is all of them do this thing. Holy Spirit activate like it's an on and off switch. Like like the Holy Spirit is a microwave. I'm gonna turn my Holy Spirit on for the next two minutes. And and notice, guys, these are the signs that you need to look at. There's always the this gloomy music in the background. There's always a lot of smoke. There's always a lot of a lot of things that they get you built up. They get the hype going. So as Mike said, people start getting involved 
in, in looking around them, seeing other people shaking and convulsing, and then, hey, I need to be a part of that. I also want that experience. People are chasing off the experiences. Need I remind you of 1 Corinthians, where Paul says to us that the Jews seek after signs and that the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. And that is to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks the same. So we see that this is completely, it is a spirit, all right? When people say I've had an experience, I'm like, I'm not denying your experience, but I'm yeah. denying where your experience came from. I'm you denying know, and, where your experience came from. And I'm glad you brought that up because there are things set up to cause these. Like, here's another one for your own research. Just go research charlatans over the last thousand years of how they've operated. You know, charlatans have mastered this craft. And this is why I say that a lot of this new age deliverance stuff is just charlatans calling themselves Christians. They're used to, before this happened, there were people on the streets convincing people that they made their one leg grow because they've always had an uneven leg. These people convinced that they're being hypnotized. People convinced that they're being fixed by a touch. Charlatans have been doing this really well. Like it's, it's the skill. These are skills yeah. that humans have been using to, and they use your surrounding. I'm a communications major. Can I tell you right now that the nonverbal communication of your environment plays such a role that you would not even understand? The scent of the room can affect how you perceive a message based on if it's a warm scent that reminds you of comfort versus a scent that doesn't. I mean, even fast food restaurants are playing on your nonverbal communications that you don't even recognize. The bright yeah. colors tell your brain, I don't want to be here. It's uncomfortable. Purple and pink and yellow. Why do you think Taco Bell's purple, yellow, bright colors with hard seats? Your mind is mentally saying, I don't want to be here. I'm not comfortable. People, human beings have been using these nonverbal communications to manipulate since we figured out how to. And if you think that charlatans can't do the same thing, that song yeah. that touches your heart, Waymaker, Miracle Worker. Oh, my Lord and Jesus, I love him so yeah. much. Yes, I want, I need this right now. It becomes not let, let it actually happen, but I want this to happen. I want it. I want it. And if you want something so bad, if you want something so bad, your brain will begin to convince you that it is real. And we go back to what? The placebo effect. Uh, Vadi Bakum had a great sermon where he calls this the affective principle. He talks about how in, we live in a culture now where if it makes me feel good, if it makes me smile, if it sounds good, then it's from God. Because why would, why would it not be from God if it makes me feel good? Because we see the scripture saying all good things come from God. So if it makes me feel good, it must be from God. What they're failing to realize is what makes you feel good doesn't mean it is good. Like there's there's a line you're not you're you're not realizing. Just because it makes you feel good, the Bible doesn't say what makes you feel good is from God. It says what is good is from God. Let's uh, Amen. let's go through a couple more of these uh, and have some fun. Then we're gonna dive into the serious stuff. No, it's, it's it's ridiculous, guys. It's ridiculous. I gotta I mean, rewind it, gotta, Davey, I gotta... <laughs> Like, oh, 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 oh. Like, what do we see in in Galatians? The fruits of the spirit are. are do, do these? Does this accurately represent fruits of the Holy Spirit? Like, that's always the question I ask people. Does this represent the Holy Spirit? Like, out of control, like a chimp in the zoo. 
Like, what, what's going one of, on? One of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. Just want to throw it out yeah. there. And I know that this right now is, you know, demonic, supposedly. But we'll get to that. We'll actually get to the, the, the catching the Holy Ghost. I got a couple of videos for that. But here's what cracks me up, though. Have demons gotten dumber? Because for the first look, I know that people hate Catholicism. Whatever. Throw your bias out the window. Catholics have been doing exorcism since the beginning, right? Whether you like this or not. They have experience with this, right? They have been inter, uh, 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 um, you know, interceding with demons for quite some time. And if you watch, just go look at some exorcist actual documentaries where they talk about the presence of a demon and what happens and the fear that can come on the man of God doing it. Because here's the truth. A real man of God knows he himself has no authority in front of that demon. It is the Amen. one true God that is behind him that has the authority. I'll give you an example yeah. of, a, of an exorcist that my mother spoke with um, uh, about something, about asking him what was the scariest moment. And she said that she ran, he ran into something that was a high-level demonic spirit. I mean, high enough to where he couldn't. He couldn't cast it. He couldn't do anything with it. And in the moment, he was scared of being in the presence of this demon, not because of the demon, but because of what God might do to the demon and just being around that. Right. Like, yeah. I don't even want to be here when God smites. Right. Because there's real fear. But these guys run around like, yeah, I just cast out demons, bro. This is what I do. It, and they always say, I, I cast out demons. And and yeah. you watch the interviews from them. They, they talk about it. That Isaiah dude, I remember hearing him at Revival saying, uh, 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 if your church isn't casting out devils, you have a lukewarm church. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then saying things like, you know, yeah, I've done this and I've done that. In fact, I remember seeing I don't have this video queued up, but I remember seeing a sermon one time where he said, you know, imagine getting to heaven and Paul is sitting there talking to you and you're like, wow, Paul, you've done so much. And then Paul looks at you and says, so what have you done? What do you mean what I've done? First of all, Paul did nothing. Paul did nothing. Can I tell you all this right now? Paul did nothing. Yeah. He was a servant of God. God did. Amen. Paul, Paul submitted. Yeah. Everyone in the Bible, what they've done is submit. That's what they've done. And yeah. you can submit too. You submitted. like, And how that submission plays out has no effect on my salvation. God can use me for the smallest thing ever. God's entire purpose for me might be reaching one person on my block. One person. The, the Adams family. I don't know. The Stevenson family. That might be my one purpose. And then JD's purpose might be to reach 14 million people. When JD and I stand before God, we both did the same thing. We submitted. Amen. So Amen. this idea, I digress because again, this is one of the things that makes me furious Man. because a lot of the people defend it because they go, well, they're doing great things for God. We can't, we can't be against that. We can't speak yeah, against bro. that. It's like, it's like Isaiah also said once, he's like, you need to, you need to do, a, you need to do a deliverance session on yourself at least once every six months. So like, what's the point? What is the point? Like, <laughs> like it's, now you got to get a prescription for deliverance, bro. Like, ooh, it's coming up. It's coming up to the six-month period. Like, I got to go get some demons cast out yet again. Like, honestly, the, this is the problem of the mind. This is why we are warned to take every single thought captive and why we are told not to conform to the pattern of the world. I saw someone in the chat also say Kundalini. This is 100%. Uh, Christianity has done this over the last few hundred years where they have borrowed from Buddhism and Hinduism and incorporated that in Christianity and calling it spiritual gifts. 
it, I just want to know, is there an unlimited supply of demons? Because I swear, 5,000 people getting delivered. 5,000 people. Like, where are all these demons at? And where where they been at? 5,000 people. People. The, the crowd looks like a mosh pit. Like, honestly, I got so many videos that I could go through right now, and I and I want to. And deep down inside, I'm like, it's the same thing, though. It's And then you got the guys that, that the touching of the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit fruit is uh, going so strong. Let me tell you this right now. The gifts of the Spirit is self-control. If the Holy Spirit make you do this. The power of God is flowing so strong. Unless you touch the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> unless you place, unless your name Uriah and you place your hand on that ark, or your name is added uh, 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 Adonias and you lied to God, this ain't how the Holy Spirit should be touching you. This ain't this ain't how self control looks. This looks like an all killing music video. That's what's going on. Dude, they think the Holy Spirit touching him, he's epileptic. Yeah, they just watch a dude have a seizure. Like what 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 is what is happening in our Christian churches? And I think I have one more that I actually should uh, want to show. Like I said, I got a bunch, but it's it's really I just wanted to get you guys thinking about it when we dive into the scriptures of what these people are are, are seeing. Um actually I've got a couple more because we got to talk about tongues. So one more demons possessed and then I'm gonna move on. Stop. Stand still. I bind your feet to the ground. Look at the servant of the Lord. Ah, look at the man of God. Look at the servant of the Lord. Look at the man of God. It's about me. It's about me. Look at me. Cameras out. Cameras on me. And and here's the truth. The real truth of the matter. Can can we point something out real quick? Uh, uh, matter of fact, can I do this real quick? Let me go over here. And I should be able to do this. Hold on. Go ahead and put that on screen real quick. It's not like it's one video, one thing, one part of their ministry, and then it's gospel, 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 gospel. It's everything that these these specific people are doing. Every single thing is demons, 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 demons. That's all they're doing. That's, that's just a oh, no. That that. <laughs> That's the guy, and this is the girl that like she doesn't want to really fall on her face, so she kind of hits her knees first. You can tell she. Oh, stay there. Stay there. I want to hit you. They come up. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Let me say. Let me tell you this right now. Let me tell you this right now. <laughs> Y'all can't see this on TikTok. Let me tell you this right now. Demon got a better, got a better little something than that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Demon probably got a little something better than that. Look. Let me. Oh, no. Kill you! Come on. Kill you! I'm going to hurt you! I can't. I can't. Oh, wow. 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 Oh, wow
Ricochet. Okay. You know what I'm gonna do? It reminds me of it reminds me of Ace Ventura when 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 Jim Carrey is calling the elephant from afar. Ubu boo boo, shubu doo boo, ubu boo boo. Like like what what is going on over here, man? And this is what they all do. Did you check on his page? Prayer, special prayer. Pray this prayer. Like doesn't matter how you pray, but you gotta pray this way. Like. Every single one of these deliverance ministries have got this like, this is the prayer you pray so that you can self-deliver. Oh, yes, but then you got to come to Sun. You, you got to come on Sunday anyway so that we can double deliver you. Like, yeah. whatever little demons are still high. And honestly, I've got other videos, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, we got videos where they teach you how to pray in tongues. So now that we did that, let's go back to the Isaiah video, and then I can actually go to the biblical things that I wanted to talk about. Listen, are fallen angels who rebelled against God and now desire to live inside of believers. Ephesians. Demons are, this is his definition, because there's nothing there. Let me say this right now. There is nothing in the Bible that you can read this saying. Demons are fallen angels who decided to rebel against God, who now want to reside in believers. Let's read it. Let's hear. And this isn't everything. I want you to hear this, though. Of believers, Ephesians. Oh, let me go. And listen how he tries to twist Ephesians for this, J.D. So J.D. hasn't seen this yet, by the way. Listen how he tries to use Ephesians for this. To live inside of believers. Fallen angels who rebelled against God and now desire to live inside of believers. Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggle is not flesh and blood but against rulers, principalities, powers of darkness, spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. That's his source on demons are fallen angels who desire to reside inside believers. So demons, according to Matthew 12, live inside of us. Jesus Listen what he's about to lie on, because this is not, we're going to read Matthew 12. Jesus said the demons call you their home. Ooh. See, Whoa. you can take what Jesus says and twist it just a little, just a wow. little, just a little bit. That's all you got to do with Jesus's words. What does Satan do? Is that what God said? It is that what God said? I caught wow. Ryan doing this once. Ryan was reading Matthew three, where Jesus has asked, why should he be? Why is he being baptized? And he said to fulfill all righteousness. And I remember the video where he said, Matthew three says that we must be baptized to fulfill. You know, that's what we were ordered to do. So because God said so. Well, no, 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 no. Matthew three doesn't say that. Matthew three says wow. Jesus had to fulfill all righteousness. This man just said that in Matthew 12, Jesus said, demons call us their homes. We're going to read Matthew 12. I just want you to keep all this in the back of your head. So demons always live in people when they're living. They're not living on us. They're living in us. That's, that's where demons long. They crave a body. <laughs> they don't have a body, but they crave one. That is true that demons do crave to be in something. Sure. We got you there. They also exaggerate the fleshly desires. So if our flesh has desires, I think that was all that really mattered in that. So before we get into the scripture, I wanted to pull up this article by the late Dr. Michael Heiser, because I want you guys to have an understanding of what demons are, because I'm going to open up my Bible app also. Let me go ahead and do that. Uh, wow, that's, that's not seriously so, painful to watch. Seriously so, uh, painful. I, 
in Jude and in Second Peter, there's no reason for us to believe that the fallen angels are walking around as demons. Because why? For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the day of judgment, Jude not also said kid. the same thing. So the kids. fallen, the the only fallen angel who is not cast away and locked away is Satan. That's that's what what we're to, led to believe. Right. So fallen angels are not your demons. They're not where we get demons from. Now, you might disagree with that. That's fine. Let's let, let me go ahead and pull up, uh, like I said, um, an article that I wanted to reference. I was going to reference it a little bit, but I was like, you know what? This is just a really good article. And um, and Dr. Michael Heiser is a uh, theologian on Greek, Hebrew, Mesopotamian religions. Uh, he's a Christian and has studied many Mesopotamian uh, uh, texts to have an understanding of many of the things that uh, people of those days believed. So I said, you know what, why not, why not share his article where he explains where do demons come from? So I'm going to do a quick read through on this. I'm not going to sit on it uh, heavily. I hope you guys can see it. Uh, everyone familiar with the Bible knows it talks about angels and demons, but most would be surprised to learn that there's no verse in the Bible that explains where demons came from. Christians typically assume that demons are fallen angels cast from heaven with Satan, the devil, right before the temptation of Adam and Eve. He then goes into talking about how the Bible also doesn't say that this happens before the temptation, which is something that I recently made a video about um, when the scriptures make it clear that Satan, uh, there is no definite, uh, uh, you know, scripture saying he was cast before that. Um, so after he goes into detail on that, he then talks about the sons of God and the Nephilim. Right. So we we all know in Genesis one, uh, Genesis six, one through uh, four, the sons of God come down into earth and have sex with the women and they have uh, children. Let's go here. Oh, sorry. So if the Bible doesn't record an ancient expulsion from heaven by hordes of angels, who then became known as demons, where do demons come from? There's actually a straightforward answer to that question, but it's likely one you've never heard of. In ancient Jewish texts, like the Dead Sea Scrolls, demons are the disembodied spirits of dead Nephilim giants who perished at the time of the Great Flood. Again, this is not saying that the Bible says this, but there is nothing in the Bible that speaks of that. This is what the Jews believe, though. So the people of that time believed that these are the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim that died in the flood. Now, if you go a little bit further, he, he this is a great article if you want to read it. It's on the Logos website. But he um, quotes from the Book of Enoch. Now, I know some of you are going to be like, ah, Book of Enoch. Y'all know I've told you it's not, it's not the inspired word of God. It's not anything like that. But it is old. And with it being old, it's 800 years before Christ, right? And it was with the Dead Sea Scrolls. So that means it does have people from the, that time writing these things in it that they believed. So again, not sitting here saying this is inerrant word, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm saying that this is what the Jews believed. It says, uh, um, Michael, the angels, they, 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 they were sent to, you know, cause issues with the Nephilim, but here's the part I want you to hear. And when they and their children have battled with each other, the Nephilim, and when they have seen the destruction of their beloved ones, bind them for 70 generations under the rocks of the ground until the day of their judgment and of their consummation, right? So as we know, Jude talks about this. Peter talks about this. 
until the internal judgment is concluded. But now the giants who are born from the union of the spirits and the flesh shall be called evil spirits upon the earth because their dwelling shall be upon the earth and inside the earth. Evil spirits have come out of their bodies because from the day that they were created from the holy ones, they became the watchers. Their first origin is the spiritual foundation. They will become evil upon the earth and shall be called evil spirits. So the Jews believed that the demons are not fallen angels. So they're not anything actually aligned with Satan. They are against God, but that doesn't mean that they're aligned with Satan. The enemy is not in perfect alignment. I don't know if you know this, but it's not like Satan is some commander of demons, right? That's that's this idea that, yes, he has demons, but he does not command all evil because it's evil. They don't, they're not, they're not loyal in their own right. So demons are evil, but they're not fallen angels that left with Satan from heaven. This is not what the Jews believed. There's nothing in scripture at all to condone this. So with that being said, though, Let's dive into the scriptures that we were talking about. Uh, we're going to bring them up on screen because we got we got quite a few to talk about. Uh, we yeah. should probably go to Matthew uh, 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 seven twenty one to start it off because this is what the title of the podcast is. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? And do many mighty works in your name. And then, then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Yeah. Jesus doesn't make ifs. I don't know about you, JD, but uh, uh, is Jesus guessing? No, nah, I mean, it, and this, it, is, it, this is a big, big, big thing that people often overlook. And when we look at just that part, but he, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Now, what is the will of God? For the Christian. What is the will of God for the Christian? The will of God for the Christian is to love thy neighbor as thyself. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your strength, all your mind, all your body, all your soul. This is the will of the Father. But moreover, it is the will of the Father for whoever sees the Son. If you go to John 6.40, we see the will of the Father there very clearly. That everyone who sees the Son believes on Jesus Christ. And he will raise them up at the last day. And this is what we see. So the will of God is not for people to parade around, parrot prayers, uh, claim things, uh, name and claim things in the name of Jesus. Um, And again, what really takes the jam out of my donuts at the end of the day with these types of ministries is, is that we see people come to the faith or the rocky soil as we have gone through the parable of the sower. We see people come to the faith on rocky soil they're kind of sort of in and then months down the line they turn away from christianity they deconstruct from christianity they they say that i was a christian i had demons cast out of me i did pray in tongues notice all of these deconstructed christians will tell you this i used to pray in tongues i've cast out demons really matthew 7 baby there we go many many will and, and people, you know, this is not related, but can I remind you guys of something? Let me let me get big screen on you real quick, because, J.D., so I, I did my I don't know if you saw this video recently where I talked about how the Bible paints a clear picture that Satan was in the garden, flawless and sinless. And if he was in the garden, sinless, and then it says he sinned in the garden, that means the Bible's telling me that Satan fell in the garden. Now, people disagreed with me. 
And the main, the main place they went was Jesus saying, I saw Satan fall like lightning, right? Uh, yeah, from heaven. From heaven, yeah. You do, you people do realize that prior to the incarnation, Jesus is eternal. So before he came into the flesh, he saw, he knew the end, right? Yeah. So anything Jesus speaks of outside of his incarnation doesn't mean it had to happen before the incarnation because yeah. <clears throat> in Revelation 12, we see Satan fall from heaven because he goes into a war with, with uh, God and his army. But we know if you read Revelation 12, this is not before the Messiah. This is after the Messiah. So this isn't before creation. Now, did it happen yet or is it going to happen? I don't know when that war happens. For all we know, when Jesus came into the flesh, Satan went to war with heaven. We don't know when that happened. But we do yeah. know because of Revelation that this happens directly after. Um, uh, well, not directly. I'm sorry. After the coming of the Messiah. Yeah. But. Again, just because Jesus said I Jesus also saw Satan tossed into the lake of fire. It hasn't happened for you and me yet. He saw it. Why? Because he's outside of time. I, I, I know that he's fully man and we want to pull him into manhood often because he's Jesus and he walked like us. He talked like us. So we want to like yank him over like, come on, come over with us, Jesus. Yes. Relate to him in that sense. But do not forget who he is. Just because yeah, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall, doesn't mean he's saying, I saw it before I came. No, yeah. Jesus exists outside time. There's no rules on that. Say, Jesus yeah. could have also, actually he did. Jesus told Peter how he was going to die. Peter wasn't dead yet when he said that. I don't yeah. know if you know this. Jesus Amen. also said what his resurrection would look like. It didn't happen yet. Jesus told a, a, about a lot of things about you and me. He said, blessed are those who believe but don't see. He knew about you. That means when Jesus walked the earth, he knew your name. When Jesus Amen. got on the cross, he knew your name. Amen. I mean, that's the specific thing about prophecy that people miss in, 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 in today's time. If you look at the prophecy, if we just go to the most profound prophecy in, in the Old Testament, which would be Isaiah 53, and you look at the detail of the crucifixion account, by a prophet who didn't even hadn't seen Jesus, didn't know who Jesus would be, didn't know that God would be in the flesh in that sense, that that's not what they were expecting. That's why many of the Pharisees missed Jesus completely because they were expecting an earthly ruler and an earthly kingdom immediately from inception. So the, the crucifixion account is a beautiful, a beautiful narrative and a beautiful way to go back and say, this is biblical prophecy. So when people are saying, if there's anyone, God is telling me right now, someone with an M, someone with an M, uh, someone's got a cold. Someone's got a cold. Someone in the chat's got a cold. Uh, gone, you know, and then that's, <laughs> that's what we see. That's not it. That's not it. <laughs> this is called yeah. my Jesus Gatorade. Focus on it <laughs> and your back will be healed. I bless yeah. it in the name of yeah. I can't do it with these people. All right, let me pull the scriptures back up. So uh, 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 this is the key that we're focusing on. Jesus isn't making an assumption here. He's telling you. He's warning you. Many will say to me, and I don't know if you ever noticed this, but do you notice that in this text, it says they will say to me, Lord, Lord, did not we do these things? And we cast out, we did mighty works. We we, 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 notice this, this is what I did. 
what mm. I did. Notice that. Me, me, me. Me club. All right. Let's, I got some uh, scripture. So um, Matthew 12, 43, which one is this one? Okay. So this is what he misquoted. He told you that demons call you a house. Let's actually read what he said. When the unclean spirits has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first, so also will it be with this evil generation. I want to ask you guys a couple questions. Is this saying demons call us believers their house? Or is it saying that when they're cast out of a person, they want to return to that same house? But here's a real, it's funny he didn't, men he didn't mention this yeah. part because this verse actually destroys the idea that a believer can have it. Because a believer can have a demon. It finds, when, it, when the demon returns, what does it say? It finds the house empty and then it will enter and dwell there. I don't know about you guys. My house ain't empty. Why do my I know that? The Holy Ghost. Why, why do I know that my house ain't empty? I mean, multiple places I can go for this, but here's one. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How can a demon dwell? How can a demon find this house empty and dwell here if I am God's temple and God's spirit dwells here? Are you telling me that the God, the spirit of God is not the stronger man? Huh? A little little transition for JD to maybe mention that scripture of the stronger yeah. man? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, we we see it again and again and again. I mean, if there if there's a strong man, again, the house divided cannot stand. The house divided cannot stand. So, how does the Christian who has been indwelled with the Holy Spirit, if you go to Colossians one thirteen, uh, just go there quickly, Mark. Go to Colossians one thirteen because yeah. what we see here is 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 imperative. What we see in Colossians one thirteen is imperative. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have the redemption Amen. and the forgiveness of sins. So Amen. if you have been transferred from darkness to light, you can no longer have dark things dwelling in you as the Christian. The Holy Spirit is in you. There is no longer place or room for the strong man. You know, they're, they're like, you. This is, this, is, this is what they say. A lot of them, say that the, the strong man is actually the devil. That's what a lot of them say. These these deliverance ministries, they say that yeah. the strong man is Satan. Um, so they're giving, they're giving the devil all sorts of authority he doesn't even have. Moreover, the devil is not omnipotent. The devil can't be everywhere. The devil can't be everywhere all at once. There is no scripture that indicates that the devil is He can't split his spirit up and be everywhere. <laughs> yeah. He's not God, guys. The devil is not God. He does not yield the same power. Yeah, so I went ahead and pulled up first, uh, Second Corinthians. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. But what, what does it say after that? For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? 
What agreements has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. There is no fellowship. In this example, there's no fellowship between Christ and Belial. There's none. None. There's none. How can they dwell in the same house? And they try and say, well, we're not saying Christians can be possessed. They don't want to use that word possessed. But you hear what they're saying, though, that there's demons dwelling in you. There's demons inside of you. They make, they, they pursue, what did he say? Desire to be inside of Christians and, and, and dwell within us. And I think I have one more actually on, um, how that's impossible. Verse 21 of first Corinthians 10, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. You can't. Cannot. Not, not you should not. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? You can't. Amen. Am I saying that you can't be oppressed by demons? See, when he quoted Ephesians, he was right. They are out here. We battle them. But we don't battle them from the inside. We battle them from the outside. Matter of fact, that's why I really actually enjoyed the Nefarious movie. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it because it points to the demons talking about how they are using media, programming, uh, desensitizing people, and convincing us humans to do their will. Abortions, et cetera, et cetera. I got to be careful what I say so that way we don't get you know cut off here. But it's not about having to possess you. Matter of fact, demons don't have to possess people nowadays. Matter of fact, hey, Christians, ready for this, Diddy? <laughs> hey, Christians, demons don't have to possess you to get you to do their will. A lot of you do their will freely. Yeah, that that's that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say again. And, and when we are told, we've got so many verses that talk about our mind, they talk about what we look at, they talk about what we listen to, they talk about what we speak on. That's why we see what does Paul say to us in Philippians 1.27? He says to us, let our conversation only be as it becometh the gospel of Christ Jesus. So, and then we are told, do not conform to the pattern of this world in Romans 12, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is why the Christian can see the agenda. The Christian can see the agenda. They can see the, de- the desensitization that's taking place, the jamming that's taking place. We can see these things because why? We are indwelled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings forth our discernment. The Holy Spirit brings forth our faith. So we can see what's happening and what the agenda is. And this is why we stand up and why we are hated for the name of Jesus Christ, because we preach that gospel, the true gospel, not about feelings, coming to Jesus, forgetting things. And and, and the mere fact, the mere fact that they could even suggest that, that, that the Holy Spirit is that weak, that it's going to indwell you and then a demon's going to come along and the holy spirit's going to sit aside in the corner and go okay demon come in until the next deliverance minister gets you out by my power here's the irony in that so they're claiming power of the holy spirit to cast out the demon but the believer's got the holy spirit in him so how does this work it, it again you we've got to look at how they contradict themselves, how they contradict the word of God. If it's not in the scripture, it's not from God. This is, it's that clear. It's that so, clear. It's that simple. 
Joy, uh, maybe you missed it, but we actually just went over Matthew 12, 43. If someone told you that this means a, a Holy Spirit believer can be indwelt by a, a, a demon, uh, ask that person, where in the world are they seeing that? First and foremost, the Holy Spirit wasn't indwelling people yet. Second of all, yeah. in Matthew 12, 43 through 45, Jesus says that when the demons return, they return to the house that is swept and empty, right? And put in order. So let's talk, let's break this down a little bit. Uh, demons have been cast out before the Holy Spirit's indwelling. And what happens? Someone gets a demon cast out. They get their life put back together. They get their mind right, right? So their house is swept. It's put in order. They, they get situated. And then the demon returns and finds them in order and brings more with them and comes and dwells there again because the house is empty. They dwell there because the house is empty. You know, I want to keep focusing on that. But let's stop for a second. If you are Holy Spirit indwelt, because again, that happens at Pentecost, that believers now are indwelt with the Holy Spirit. We have become the tabernacle of God. We've become the uh, Ark of the Covenant. Let me ask you this. This should shut down anybody. Could a demon enter the Ark of the Covenant while God was there? A human couldn't touch it without dying. Do you think a demon could indwell it? And unless someone's willing to say that God's more powerful in a, in a gold box than in flesh, then I don't know what they're talking about. I want. I would yeah, love amen. a deliverance minister that says we could be possessed to explain to me, could a demon walk into the Holy of Holies in the Old Testament? Would it be possible for a demon to walk into the Holy of Holies? No, but yet yeah. we are the new Holy of Holies. We are the Ark of the Covenant. We are the tabernacle. He, we are the temple of God. We are not an empty house. If you are an empty house, ready for this? It means you didn't really believe. So can there be someone who thinks they're a Christian? That has a demon? Sure. Self-proclaimed yeah. title doesn't give you a Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, there's probably people out there that don't even call themselves Christians that have the Holy Spirit, just as there's people out there that call themselves Christians that don't have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But no, the Holy Spirit cannot, uh, can will, will not. Because again, he's stronger than you. He's not, you might succumb to temptations in your flesh. The Holy Spirit will not succumb to darkness. The Holy Spirit yeah. cannot be defeated. The Holy Spirit, what does it say in scripture? That the light overcomes darkness. Let me paint a picture for you. I want you to imagine, all of you, the darkest place on earth, the deepest cave, the darkest, darkest place ever. So dark that you literally can't see an inch in front of your face. If you were to light a match, you would be able to see that match at at a great distance because light will never be overcome by darkness. Light yeah. never can be overcome by darkness. As John one says, the light overcomes darkness. Darkness yeah. cannot overcome light. And he is yeah. the light of this world. So tell me how could darkness, <coughs> you have the brightest light ever inside of you, the brightest light ever. How could darkness enter you? Here's the problem with deliverance ministries. I hope you hear me clearly on this. They take away accountability. Yeah. I heard Isaiah, the Isaiah dude talk about how demons are those intrusive thoughts we get. They're demons. So you're not guilty. Matter of fact, let me get big screen on this one too. Hey, believers, you're not guilty for that lust. You're not guilty that you can't put the porn down. You're not guilty that you still want to do these things. No, it's demons. You need deliverance. Not taking your thoughts captive, as the scriptures say. It's not yeah. battling your flesh and denying yourself, as the yeah. scriptures say. It's not yeah. crucifying your flesh. You see, if you only focus on one enemy, you got your back turned to the other one. 
I hate to tell you this, but there's more than one enemy in the Bible. The Bible warns you of the world, the devil, and your flesh. But if all yeah. you look at is the devil, you got your back turned to your flesh and the world. And they're going to stab you in it all day long. Yeah. And they want you to focus on demons. It's demons. Oh, you get, man, let me tell you right now, I get intrusive thoughts. My flesh. Are you telling me, was Paul demon possessed in Romans 7? Yeah. Although I people were trying to tell me he was, he was demon possessed with the thorn in his side. Like, yeah. It's, it's 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 that's blatant twisting of scripture and yes here's, here's the thing you know just to bounce on the back of what mark has just said you know they'll come out with things like the spirit of lust but the scripture tells us the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes then they'll come out with someone who's battling financially and they'll say you've got a spirit of poverty you've got a spirit of poverty you've got a demon of poverty here's the crux though this person was abandoned by their parents, born on the street, taken into foster care, passed from pillar to post, uh, could never find a stable job, didn't get an, an adequate ed education, can't read or write properly. What kind of job is that person going to get? Um, well, they got the spirit of illiteracy, the spirit of, yeah. uh, of sleep apnea. They got the spirit of uh, the cold. They got the spirit of laziness. Spirit. Your laziness isn't your fault. You need deliverance. No, you, you need, need deliverance, man. You got the spirit of laziness. If you didn't wash the dishes by 8 a.m. and you wash them at 8.15, that's a spirit of laziness. You need deliverance. You know, it's and funny you if you think about it. If Paul was possessed, let's say, let's just say that Paul needed deliverance when he had the thorn in his thrust. Let's just give them that benefit of the doubt. When he prayed to God to remove it, God said no. <laughs> so yeah. even if that's true... God didn't say, oh, I'll deliver you. He said, no, yeah. my grace is sufficient. Yeah. So Again, what is he telling Paul to do? Push through. Deny yourself. Push through. Not, hey, I need someone to just get. It's an easy way out. And again, it, it's a mental thing. And the placebo effect takes over. Like, I don't actually have to do nothing. I just need you to get rid of it for me. I don't have to get rid of it. I need you to get rid of it for me. Um, It's... Let's look at some other scriptures real quick, actually. So we're talking a lot about what these things are, but let's talk about <laughs> what the scripture, because everybody that talks about these things, whenever they get mad at us, first thing they do is what? Mark 16. And many signs will follow those that believe they will do. They will drink poison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next yeah time, that's the one. Next these, time. These one of them signs shall that? follow these. Yeah. Let's Amen. read Mark 16 uh, real quick. I didn't have this plan, but it's Mark 16. 16, I'm pretty sure. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Notice here, they'll emphasize the crap out of this. Yes, yeah. Sam, that's yeah. another part too, that this is not actually in the original manuscripts. This is why this one is taken out of some people's uh, Bibles. But we're not even going to go there. Let's just pretend it is. They'll 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 harp on the cast out demons and speak in new tongues. I dare Isaiah to drink poison. I dare him. And play with cobras, yeah. And I dare him to heal someone. <laughs> I know I'm saying him because he's the one we were talking about. Any of them. Go ahead. You said that this is you. Or are you just saying it's the first verse? I dare you. Yeah. Drink poison. Drink it. You but don't want to do that one, do you? Did you, notice at the beginning, did you notice at the beginning of that video, he says, we were freed in the flesh. 
That's the opposite of Romans 7. That's the opposite of what the Bible teaches us. The Bible says that the spirit will wage war with the flesh every single day. Paul tells us in, in, in Romans 7 explicitly that what I will, that I do not do. But that what I do not will, that I end up doing. That what I hate, that what I detest, that, mm. that's what I end up doing. So, so he's just said, you get delivered from the flesh. Wow. What a bold claim. So then you contradict yourself by saying you're delivered from the flesh, but come back every six months for a, for a new prescription. Yeah. You know, it's your top up. And, and these same, these same groups, him, uh, that, that I, I remember seeing that as shiny rain girl or whatever. They say yeah. things like, if you don't have signs and wonders, you're not saved. If you don't have signs and wonders, you're lukewarm. If you don't have signs and wonders, it's not the gospel. And ironically, these people will always, in their testimony, talk about how they had a thousand demons cast out of them. I mean, recently I heard someone say they had 500 demons cast out of them. First of all, how you know how many demons came out of you? Second of all, word, word. You had 500 demons cast out of you, bro. And the Holy Spirit was in there. So the Holy Spirit was inside you like this. Move over, bow. Yeah. Yeah. Demon, please. The Holy Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave was in there like this. Like, hey, y'all need it. You know yeah. what, man? I really yeah. hope that this dude really finds a deliverance minister because y'all just up in here. Y'all get yeah. Satan. You got your foot in my calf. <laughs> yeah, move read. over. It's getting hot in here. Like, to those honestly. people that say that signs and wonders must come, let's see what the word of God actually says about signs and wonders. Because Mark 16 does say signs and wonders follow, but that's not the only place that the Bible speaks of it. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. And with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refused the truth and so be saved. So there's one time talking about there will be false signs and there will be mighty works. Revelation uh, uh, 18, is it 18, 16? For they are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God the Almighty. So more false signs. Let's go, let's go back. Let's not, you know, you might say, Mike, this is all future. What about the past? Okay, cool. Deuteronomy 13. Deuteronomy 13. If a prophet... Or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder. And the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass. And if he says, let us go after other gods which you have not known and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of the prophet or that dreamer or of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So you might say, well, why would God let them? actually do these signs and wonders because you're called to rebuke if he exactly. ever if a and it's this isn't the only place it says it in deuteronomy 18 he repeats it if they go against the word of god if they if what they say doesn't come to pass like etc etc it's not of god so god is telling you right here i don't care what kind of mighty work someone has does he tell you to do something i tell you not to do does he contradict my word because if he contradicts my word then you got an issue. So Wayne Campbell, real quick, I just saw this gentleman in the comment section. Let's talk about it. Uh, this dude said, this dude, me, thinks that Satan was already in the garden. When Jesus clearly says in Luke 10, 18, he saw Satan fall like lightning. He must have just came over here to have fun. So I'll address you, then I'll keep moving. Well, Jesus, it, 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 
can I just can I just say something before you finish your your thoughts? You yeah, know what ahead. always gets me. You know what always gets me, and I'm I'm, I'm saying this with all due respect, sir. It's funny how you took the time to come to this podcast from TikTok or wherever to just cast shade and just sow discord um, and and making personal attacks. Here's the beauty of uh, of social media: you can keep scrolling, you can keep moving. If you don't like the way we teach or Mark teaches. You are free to go in peace. God bless you, brother. Amen. I just want to emphasize this again because I care about you guys. You guys do realize, I said this earlier, you guys do realize that before Jesus came in the flesh, he existed outside of time. Again, Jesus saying I saw Satan fall doesn't mean he's saying it had to happen in the past. You have no evidence to say when Jesus is saying he saw the fall. Jesus also yeah. saw Peter's death. What about that, Wayne? You saying that Peter died before Jesus told Peter that he would die and how he would die? I bet you don't want to say that. Exactly. Let's read what the word of God says real quick again about Satan. You were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Sardius, topaz, and diamond. Beryl, onyx, and jasper. Sapphire, emerald, and carbuncle. And crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire you walked, you were blameless in your ways. And yet... I'm supposed to say, no, you're right. Wayne said Satan was fallen before the garden when the Bible says Yahweh placed him in the garden. Because again, and I'm only the only reason I'm really responding to him, y'all know I, I don't care about trolls, is because a lot of people did this in that video. They came in talking about Luke, Luke, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall as if Jesus can only see in linear time like you and I, as if yeah, Jesus that's can't prophesy. Putting Christ in a box, man. Putting Christ in a box. He again, when we look, when we look at when we look at the text, when we look at the text, it says, even if we just go to first John, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. If we look at Colossians, he was in the beginning. The same was in the beginning with God. We see all of these things. Jesus Christ is not limited in his thinking. He's not limited in his doing. He is Christ. He is Lord of all. He is Alpha and Omega. He is the King of Kings. He doesn't see things the way we see things. Even the way Jesus explained his parables. Why are Jesus's parables still valid and applicable to us today? What Jesus said 2,000 years ago. Because of the way Jesus knew what would unfold in the world as we live in it. And then in the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst and you sinned. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God. Check it out. Check it out. This same passage also talks about the future because God sits outside of time. And I destroyed you, O guardian cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I expose you before kings. What does Revelation say is going to happen when Satan gets cast down into the fire, lake of fire? All of creation will witness it. All of the kings will see it. It will be embarrassing for him. Wait a minute. So this is also talking about the future. So God has already seen it. It's already happened. Again, in case you guys don't realize this, God exists outside time. So just because God says, I saw it or I see it, 
There's many times in scripture where God says he saw it or he sees it. That doesn't mean it had to already happen. But again, yeah. I digress. I'm not about to let this interfere with the po- podcast. Um, <laughs> Matthew 24, 24. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray. If possible, even the elect. So as we see, scripture makes it clear that there will be false Christs. And and side note too, because I can come off rough. I just came in the back of my head. If any of you do disagree with me on that, it's not salvation related and the Bible's not clear on it. So if, if that's what it takes for you to say, I won't follow you, there's a button in the top corner of both, all of your internet pages and you can go in peace. Every single one of you. Watch this. I'm going to show you how much I don't care. I'm going to block Wayne. Bye, Wayne. I don't need you to be my follower. I, I don't care. I, didn't, I don't come here for followers. If you're willing to call me a false teacher because of what the word of God says, then clearly I don't need you here. And if you're willing yeah. to disagree with me and say, you know what, Mike, I don't see it that way, but I'm fine with it, whatever. Like, cause all that matters is that Jesus Christ died for our sins and rose. Then cool. Amen. Like that's what matters. Go in peace. Don't, don't troll. Yeah. Don't disrespect and don't try and be divisive. False Christ yeah. will come and they will perform great signs and wonders, great signs and wonders. So that's that's just just to just to digress for a second. That's what we call the demon of disruption. Um, that's a disruptive demon. <laughs> you know, that's that's working. You know, over there. It's trying to say a false demon. teacher based on something that's not um, <laughs> salvation. And it's not just Mike saying this either. Oh, by the way, like I'm not I'm not the only person that is saying this. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, if I really quickly, I think I still have it open. Share screen. Uh, uh, did I close it? Never mind. I closed it. Um, that, uh, that, that article, Dr. Michael Heiser hints at it. And I would tell you right now, Dr. Michael Heiser, uh, has way more theological studies than us. And, and again, that doesn't make him anything, but it's not like mm-hmm. I'm just some random guy on YouTube that's, that has this theory. Many people actually believe that, um, that, that, that this is the story of how it goes. And that's what the word of God says to me. So I, I, I speak it. <laughs> You know, um, it just yeah. it, it just it blows my mind how quickly people make the leap from disagreement to false teacher. Like that's the next step. Like we disagree on when Satan fell. So that's and it's not that even based on like a strong verse. The reason yeah. is because in Luke, Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Like that's enough for them to say, you know what, that entire Ezekiel thing, throw that out the window. Why was Eve cool with this? Why was Eve not surprised? Like, why doesn't it say? And Eve was startled that this serpent spoke to her and she questioned his motives. No, she was just like, oh, what's up? And they spoke like, no, none of that. It's well, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall. Oh, because only the only way that that's possible if it was before the incarnation, because Jesus has to exist within the linear rules of time. Yeah. Amen. But yeah, guys, false signs, false Christ. I, I just want to leap back at this because this is the point of the of, of the, the the live stream tonight is that I know that these expert experiential things can really have a have a tug on your heart. You can be like, man, no, but I was there, Mike, Mike, Mike. I was there. The demons were cast out of me. <laughs> like I just wanted, like sometimes I want to. I don't want to be rough with him. I just want to look at him like, can you prove it? Or is it just, is it just a feeling that you have, right? It, you yeah. you get people that say, well, no, no, no. I, you know, I seen the tongues, the tongues one too. Like, oh my goodness. 
what are y'all doing? It's, it's, we we not we're not dismissing the feeling. That's that's what people don't understand. I'm not dismissing you had that feeling. I'm sure it felt very real. You know, I've had dreams that that felt extremely real where you sit up in bed and you go <clears throat> like we've all had that. So I'm sure it felt real. We're not dismissing how it felt, but here's what the Bible says about feelings. The Bible says don't trust your feelings. The Bible says don't trust your heart. The Bible says your heart is wicked. Your feelings and emotions are not to be trusted. And this is why we don't follow God because of how we feel. Tomorrow, I don't feel good. Like right now, I'm still getting over the, the, the sickness. I don't feel 100, but I'm not going to serve Jesus any less because I don't feel 100. Like that's not that's not why we serve Christ. Like Amen. It's a misconception and it's a false truth. And, and honestly, I really think a lot of it comes down to this this want there is a, a there's a true desire in a lot of people of wanting to be closer to God. And I'll be honest with you. It's sometimes when I'm watching from the outside, this is Mike's opinion. This is Mike's, Mike's perspective. It's the easier way, right? Hey, you could, you could dive deep into that scripture day in and day night, day, day in and out, uh, night in and out, whatever that phrase is. I'm over here messing it up uh, and, and get close to him through his word, dive deep into the word of God. And then walk with him. Or you can start doing this thing where it's just like you're talking to yourself. You're doing this prophesying in tongues, your music and hands up and shaking. And like, this is your relationship. If you want that to be your relationship, then you don't want the other one. And I see people that that's what they'd rather have. They'd rather have these, these effective things, these the yeah. affective principle. They'd rather have these experiences rather than getting to know his word, getting in deep with who he is. Yeah, exactly. What do you mean by tongues? I probably missed something. So uh, biblically, there are two types of tongues that the Bible speaks of. One that gets spoken of 95% of it. And then there's a small couple verses that speak of a tongue of an unknown language. Now, what that means and what that sounds like, we have no idea. Could it be a tongue of an unknown language just because they actually didn't know what language was being spoken? Because here's something people fail to realize. What if it was a real language? It's just they didn't know what it actually was, right? Because yeah. again, they didn't live in the time we live in, right? Do you think the people in Israel knew what the language of the people in China sounded like? Like, do you, you, you think they knew that? Would that not have been an unknown tongue to them? Or maybe... The people in the Americas, because remember, human beings were in the Americas, right? Do you have? Do you think that Israelites had any facet in their mind of what the Americas uh, language sounded like? The natives there? No. So is it possible the unknown tongues could have been like? I'm not saying it was, but you see what I'm doing here is I'm throwing out there this assumption that it's this heavenly prayer language. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible does not speak of a prayer language. Now, what they go to is that the spirit groans for us. Groaning is not what you hear. Like, again, we can play the semantics game, but when Jesus teaches us how to pray, he teaches us clearly in the tongue of his people. He does so in the tongue of his people with his people. Our father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? He speaks to them saying, speak to your father in heaven. Uh, there is one verse that says that, you know, Tongues does not edify uh, uh, the body, but edifies the person, um, you know, and, and that's what they'll, they'll lean on. And here's really what, I, what I've told people. If you believe truly in your heart that you have a 
prayer language from God, then do it in private with God. Because I have no issue with that. Why? Because if you're telling the truth, I'm not about to be the one to step in between you and God. Yeah. And if you're lying, you're lying to God. That's between you and him. But it's when people start telling others you can't be saved unless you pray, if you, unless you speak in tongues. You must speak in tongues if you have the Holy Spirit. Let mm. me teach you how to speak. In this is what happened. This is where the issue ha ha exists. We got quiet for a second. I was reading. I was trying to catch up to these comments. Wasn't yeah, I mean, there something in the Bible where people were astounded I'm, I'm at? I'm yeah. reading the comments as well. Sorry, sorry, Mark. You know, I'm, I'm just checking all the comments as well. And again, we, we, we know that Jesus Christ came and he set the precedent. And he, the healings that took place um, and, and the way, you know, we see various different healings take place. In the one instance, we see Jesus rubbing mud and saying, go wash, and then you'll be, you know, in other times it's instance. But Jesus Christ had the reasons for healing the way he healed and to serve as the purpose for what he wanted to serve. I mean, he is God incarnate. Today, people walk around with these when it comes to tongues, when it comes to tongues, when it comes to casting out of demons, when it comes to healing, when it comes to all of these things, ultimately, we stand on the wall that God can still move. God can still move. He can still heal. He can still heal people. He can still, he can still deliver people. He can still, he can still let whoever he needs to pray in tongues. But again, there's a biblical way, and we see this. He says, you go into the secret place, you shut the door, and there you pray. It's not this standing on a stage where there's 5,000 people getting mass delivered, and every single one of them is going, shubadabawagagagabagadagadu. Or like that we is saw with that guy talking about praying, like he's putting, he's trying to give them the spirit against their will, because, I mean, it's not about belief. It's like, I'm going to give you the spirit. Rakashakaka, rakashakaka. Mm. Like, and it's like, and then it's, and then it's also the people that are like, the Lord gave me a message to this week. And they're like, this is what's been on my head. And I think this means this, they're taking their own work, these things in their head and they're trying to turn it into revelation of God. That's dangerous. That's dangerous yeah. because you yeah. just became God. Uh, and and to the, I saw someone ask about um, uh, languages, to, uh, unknown languages to the 3000. Yes. That's their actual language. That's their language, yes. Uh, yeah. And that requires an interpreter, yes. Um, if if someone needs to hear it, right? If there's people there of that language, you don't need an interpreter. They're listening to it, right? But so biblical tongues would look like this. Let's say JD and I were in front of you all. This wasn't the internet. We're just right here together. And one of you here speaks, you know, I don't know, Cambodian. And yeah. God wanted us to get this message to you. Right, no Google Translate, no nothing. He wants to, he wants JD to get that message to you. JD would be filled with the Holy Spirit and just start speaking Cambodian. It, it would just happen. And then if God wants you all to know what he's saying to her, I would start translating it because he would fill me with the gift of translation. So as yep. JD starts prophesying to her, speaking to her the gospel, I would then be telling you what he's saying. That's what biblical tongues look like. Yeah. And here's the other thing. Tongues is to, to is for the unbeliever, not the believer. So this All is a sign to the 
I mean, this is a sign to the unbeliever. Today, today the unbelief that people are trapped in, the, the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus, the man Christ Jesus, the fact that he walked on this earth, we've got so much evidence, undeniable evidence of the man Christ Jesus from historical writings outside of the Bible and then the witness accounts within the Synoptic Gospels, which we read today. There is the reasons we do not have these signs and wonders like they were then was because we've got the finished work of Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul makes this abundantly clear. We have the finished. Him and Peter and the 12, they went out and they made this abundantly clear. Believe in Jesus Christ. Believe in what he's done. Believe in what he's accomplished. They were witnesses to what Jesus Christ had accomplished. Oh, I That's love the that comment. So I just want to read her comment because this is true. I was so oppressed from the teachings of you must speak in tongues to show that you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit till God told me to really read Corinthians. Amen, my sister Amen. in Christ. Because there's a Amen. lot of people out there that are. They DM me all the time. Mike, Mike, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if I'm yeah. saved because I don't have these gifts. I don't have these gifts. And, and these people are being spiritually abused by charlatans. Mm. Spiritually yeah. abused. And here's it. Ready for this? If you don't think the fear of looking unsaved doesn't play a part in some people randomly doing the same thing, because they don't want to look like the unsaved one, it only takes a couple to fall for it. And then peer pressure is a thing. Again, yeah. these studies go beyond religion. You can make human beings do some crazy things to follow the crowd. If you want, you could look at old studies where like everyone in the elevator is facing the wrong way and someone will walk in and just purpose and face that way too. Because it's like you see it, it's natural that you you follow suit what other human beings are doing. It only takes yeah. a couple to 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 yeah. do so. Mm. Exactly. I mean, I've got I've got I think this is this is the the longest chapter of of of, of my book is signs and wonders and the charismatic movement and the word word of faith movement and how much bullying goes into you need to speak in tongues like they pull people to the front if there's anyone here that's not speaking in tongues come forward now and the whole congregation everyone stretch out your hands and we're going to baptize them with fire now and th this is a real thing and, and and it does make people i mean i saw sid roth uh, one of sid roth's uh, shows once and he's like Okay, everybody in the audience is now going to start speaking in tongues. And what you do is, is you start making little baby sounds. Ba, ba, da, ga, 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 ba, ba. I've seen that. And then you just do it. And then he goes on to say, then you just do it really fast. So that's praying in tongues, according to Sid Roth. If you had a gun in your ribs, you would do it faster. That's what he yeah, said. That, that's what he said. Yeah, 100%. I remember that, yeah. I mean, and this is this is this is how demonic that is. This is how demonic it is because it's it's not of God. Um, we see clearly God gives gifts to those who God wills. Who God wills. I can't walk up to Mark and say, "Yo, bro, I'm a prophet. Therefore, you fellowship with me. I'm going to touch you right now with the Holy Spirit fire, and you're going to prophesy." You know, yeah, I fall down. I'm, yeah, and then start convulsing, foaming at the mouth like he's been bitten by a mamba. It's like, come on, this is this is just not this is not biblical, not biblical at all. Yeah, the bystander effect, and yes, it does have a great yes, truth frees us. I don't know if that's Justin or Jordan, but regardless of the fact, yes, one hundred percent. And this again, this is why I tell people if you really want to have your eyes opened up to, and I, again, I'm not saying every single like I'm not doing generalizations. 
I'm warning you of these people that are that exist in these groups. Because again, here's the irony behind it all. If it's true, what you want me to believe is that only one church out of all the churches has the Holy Spirit moving in them. Because this is only happening in one church. You will not, you will not walk into a Baptist church, a, uh, a, a Presbyterian church, non-denominational church. Uh, you know, if I can go down the list, a Catholic church, you will not walk into any of these churches and this be happening. It's only one church. So what you're saying is that Holy Spirit's only moving there. But if you really want to have your eyes opened up to this, just study charlatans a little bit, for real. And ask yourself, do these things not start to fall in line? Just the street charlatans compared to, heck, I remember back in the 90s, I'm a little older. I'm not that old, but I'm a little older, right? And what I used to love, JD, growing up is, uh, you know, before I could go on YouTube and watch anything that I fancy or Netflix, like I used to have to hope whatever comes on TV was good. And I used to love magic shows. Like there would be a once in a while, there'd be this big magic show, three hours long. They'd broadcast it from like Vegas and it'd be a long show. And in between the big stage stuff, they would show man on the street magicians. And that looks just like some of the people on TikTok that do men on the street deliverance, right? Yeah. The touch your shoulder and it'd be like, oh man, it's always the old rotator cuff. It's always the foot longer than the other foot. It's always these things that are unprovable. You know, the old saying that if you get into an accident, you say my neck and my back, because technically doctors can't actually prove you wrong on that. Like they can look at the MRIs, but if your neck and your back hurt, like they, they have to trust you at some point because there's not a lot they can prove on that. Um, there's certain things that are also mental too. your adrenaline is rushing. You're getting excited. They can convince you. And these charlatans before the modern day deliverance ministries, because yes, exorcism has been happening since the beginning. But this yeah. modern deliverance ministry stuff is very fresh, very new. Yeah. yeah. Um, it looks even look like at the, just look at the look at the scenario with Jesus casting out with Jesus casting out demons into the pigs. Like, look at how it is written. Look at how it happens. It's got nothing to do, nothing like we see today. So you literally can go, you can go onto YouTube and you can type in Kundalini spirit, and you see what they do and how they worship this kundalini spirit now they rattle and shake on the floor and then you look at a deliverance ministry and if you put these two videos next to each other you'll see no difference you'll see no difference it's like one watching one in the same thing you could actually blend them together as the same episode because ultimately we see none of these things we see none of these things transpire in the bible even when mary magdalene had seven demons cast out of her seven spirits that, that's what we see from from the scripture and after that after that long after that she never ever ever got repossessed after she knew jesus after what he did in her life after he delivered her it was done it was finished and and the same thing applies today if you believe and that goes to we've got 80 people in the chat let me just say it again that please like and please uh, subscribe and share this specific podcast this episode with anyone who's battling with deliverance ministries, because ultimately that's why Mike and I do this is to edify brothers and sisters to, to show you what is false out there, how Jesus Christ has been misrepresented and we stand for the gospel truth of Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. So again, what we see very, very clearly in scriptures, especially when we use 
Mary Magdalene as just one reference. Once she was delivered, she was delivered. And the same applies to the Christian today. Once you have believed and you have believed on Jesus Christ, you put your faith in Christ Jesus, you then are delivered from the forces of darkness and translated into light. This is why we are called a light on a hill. Notice we are called a light on a hill. No one covers a basket that has been lit. You don't cover candles. The same thing applies to the Christian today. You can't be light and dark. You can't drink of the cup of devils and of the cup of God. We've just gone through all the scriptures and this is the biblical truth regarding deliverance. Deliverance comes from God and from God alone. We are delivered by Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. That's it. So I wanted to respond to this comment, so I put it on screen for Lise. No, we're not saying these things can't happen or don't happen. I will say this, though. When it happens, there's not 20 cameras around. It's not happening while people have been, you know, prepping for it and on stage. These things are most like most of the time happening when you don't see it. They happen on street ministry kind of things. They happen um, uh, with with places that you're not going to get a chance to put it on TikTok because the people mm -hmm. doing it also don't care about others seeing it. Can it happen? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, now I saw I saw oops I saw some people talk about coming back and whatnot. Um, again, we're not talking about before the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. What JD said is when a person is delivered from receiving the Holy Spirit, they cannot be possessed again. The demons cannot come back to a person who is saved and covered in the blood of Christ. Yes, Sealed. in the days of the New Testament and the Old Testament, when a demon was cast out, could it come back? Yes, because they were not indwelt with the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said yep. they return, they find the house swept and in order, and they come and they dwell there. But now we are dwelt with the Holy Spirit. They cannot dwell where the Holy Spirit dwells. That's a great question. That's a very good question. Yuri, question if this applies to topic, but if someone is given to a reprobate mind, can they come back from that? Does Jesus save someone like that? Absolutely. Um, what, what is a reprobate mind? Um, and there's, there's various, there's various, uh, this we can go deep into what a reprobate actually is. But this is a great question, and I'm glad you asked it, because ultimately, how does God give someone over to the reprobate? to a reprobate mindset is if you are receiving correction, you know, God sends you brothers and sisters, God gives you your word, his word, and he will send people to correct you. So how people are, are given over to a reprobate mindset is if they constantly refuse the correction. So if I come to you and I say, yo, you're in error with that. Um, this is what the scripture says. And then someone else, you'll carry on preaching that and someone else will come to you. And eventually, like we see this with videos, like with that Akanji chick that's on TikTok. She's, her comment section is flooded with people telling her that she's in error. She is in error. She is in error. She's preaching a false gospel. She's preaching a false gospel. Christians everywhere alike, even Christians that don't agree on secondary issues, are telling her, you are in error. You are preaching a false gospel. And then she has ignored everyone who says that she's preaching a false gospel, thereby she has been given over. She's been given over to a reprobate mindset because she refuses correction. And what do we see in Proverbs? The wise man receives and loves correction, but the fool shuns it. So again, this is this is what it means to be reprobate. It's a foolish state. It's a foolish state. So I want to add on that a little bit to what JD's saying, and and he might agree, might not agree. I don't know. We haven't really had these this a deep conversation on this, but so we have to understand some things. Um, so one is this person a non-believer who 
has tasted uh, the truth, right? And this goes to Hebrews 6. In fact, recently, J.D., I mentioned to someone, um, they said, you need to be focusing on, you know, X, Y, and Z or something. And I forget who it was they were talking about, but I'm like, no, I don't care about those distractions. Someone said, everybody needs to, you need to, you know, take your time with everyone. There are some people that know the truth and have rejected it. They've been confronted. And this is what Hebrews 6 is talking about when it says that these people will never come back to repentance. Why? Because they've tasted it all. They've been in the presence of people who have brought the Holy Spirit to them. They have heard the good news. Uh, uh, These people have straight Romans 1. They have God gives them over to their own passionate lust. Now, are there some Christians who grieve the spirit? And are walking in dwelt with the Holy Spirit that's God that God will punish. Yes, mm-hmm. that's a little bit different. Like, for example, yeah. Satan was allowed to sift Peter. He wasn't allowed to possess Peter. He was allowed to put him through some stuff. Just like Job, even though Job wasn't in dwelt with the Holy Spirit, God had rules. You can't yeah. touch him. You can't touch yeah. him. You can't kill him. You can do all you got to do, right? And I want to pull up 2 Timothy because there's some people out there right now that are that have lost their way that are indwelt and we'll never know who they are right you don't know like when a person has fallen away from the faith you don't know if if people love to say well they never believed that's a possibility or they're going through a season where they are struggling and they can come back but what does second timothy say it says if we deny him he will also deny us but then it says what if we are faithless he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself Okay, there's something clear to look at here. Some people deny him straight up. They don't want a part of him. They don't want him. They reject him. That's one. But then you have Christians who their faith falls apart. And this is where you got those people that think that you could lose your salvation if you lose your faith. I'm sorry, but that's not true. If you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit, if you have it, if you came to him, I'm not saying if you denied him in the beginning, that's the difference. When, when you deny him straight up, you deny him straight up. But if you're a Christian and you <clears> deal <throat> with some faithless moments, he remains faithful and he cannot deny himself because you are indwelt with his spirit. So you are him now. There's a part of you in him, part of him in you, and he will not deny that part of himself. Therefore, he loves you because of that spirit in you. So he'll discipline you and you could go through some terrible situations in life. Mm-hmm. The Christians mm-hmm. are not safe of God's punishment in the sense of, see, that's the thing people fail to realize. People think that a Christian can't be punished by God. No, you're not going to be condemned by God. You can yeah. 100% be punished exactly. by God. Yeah. Like, exactly. that, Don't get it twisted. I love when people get that one mixed up. No, no, no. God will punish you in a heartbeat. That's what a good father does. As a good father does, but a good father is not going to no, he will not cast you in hell, which kind of yeah. goes hand in hand with you hear atheists say, uh, JD, you'll hear atheists say this, I'm sure. What kind of loving father would kill his children? Well, this this shows you don't know the truth. God will yeah. not send a single one of his children to hell. If you are yeah. a child of God, you're saved. You will be punished. He sends one his way. enemies to hell. He sends the children of Satan to hell, not his mm-hmm. children. Because this is the lie that all of us are God's children. Different topic, different day. But I just wanted to bring it out there for a second. If you are a child of God, just like no matter how much my children can be faithless. Like, think about it this way. If my child is my child, even if he leaves us as dad, I hate you. I'm leaving. Prodigal son. I love him. I'm going to let him go. He's going to suffer. He might lose all his money, fall into addiction. But I'm here. I'm never going to let him go. Just like Hosea did. He went and got his wife. You belong to Christ. 
He's going to go to the prostitute's den and pick you up and carry you home. He's going to pay yeah. for you when he already owns you. He already, and I'm not saying a man owns his wife, but he already had claim to his wife. But what did he do? He paid for it. He went and paid yeah, for it. Anyway. If yeah. you are faith, if I mean, you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit, if you are faithless, he is faithful. Yeah, and we see the same thing. Like you, we've we've gone over. I blow my nose, JD. You take over for a moment. I've if been you, having if a, you go, no problem, brother. If you go to if you go to Second Timothy chapter two, and I went over this last night. If you go, if you go to Second Second Timothy chapter two, and you go through the entire chapter two, what we see there is is instruction for the man of God. What we see there is instruction for the woman of God. But how he ends it, he says it so beautifully. He says, "The Lord knows him." that are his. They have the seal. The Lord knows him that are his. Contrary to what we see in Matthew 7, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. So ultimately, what we know from the text is God knows those that are his. Yes, we will be chastised. If if you are doing, God will chastise you to keep you on that road. He, he who began a good work in you, he will bring it to completion. We see this in Philippians. So again and again, we see the same thing, that God is the author and the perfecter of our faith. If he's kept us, he will hold us. If we are true believers of Christ Jesus, no one can snatch us out of the hand of Christ Jesus. We are sealed and saved until the day of redemption, which is the earnest of our inheritance, which he purchased with his blood. So again, everything we see when it comes to salvation points to what Jesus Christ has done for us, not what we have to do for Jesus. And, and, and this is this is ultimately what you see with those. And another way we have the question there. How do you grieve the Holy Spirit? This is a way people that speak out against one saved, always saved. They are in a form grieving the Holy Spirit because they're saying the blood of Jesus wasn't enough. The Holy Spirit, which has sealed you, isn't enough. These things aren't enough. You still got to do something. The reality is, is we are saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus, not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. So I, I have a scripture great. I can pull up for how to grieve the Holy Spirit. And I want to answer this question, but I wanted to touch on something that's interesting. Again, remember I tell what for, for my normal people that follow me and listen to me, what do I always tell you guys about the words in the Bible? Do not sit there and read them in your 2023 context. Ask yourself, what does this mean to them? So the word no is an interesting word. When Jesus says, I never knew you, right? And when it says that we know God, do you know what the Bible means by that? Here's a little, here's a little uh, hint. Adam knew his wife. Wait a minute. This is a deep, intimate connection between a man and a woman. It's sex. Now, obviously, I'm not telling you sex is what the answer is. But the word to know in biblical terms is a deep, intimate relationship, a connection. What made what makes man and woman become flesh, one flesh together? They know each other. Man gets married to his wife, they have a ceremony, and then he takes her and he knows her. That's what it'll say in the scriptures, right? And then he knew her, right? This word, when Jesus says, I never knew you, I never had, that. We'd, we'd never been connected deeply, intimately, right? What happens when you have the Holy Spirit in you? You know God and you are known yeah. by God. What does the Bible say? It is a great thing to be known by God, right? Amen. He knows you. It's not that. God knows everybody by our definition of no. Let, let's just make this very clear. God knows everybody by our definition. Biblically, <laughs> God only knows his children. Biblically, the biblical no. So I just want to throw it out there. Um, and then 
I got the question on screen, so I'll save that for the second thing. But the first one for grieving the Holy Spirit, just real quickly. Work out your salvation in trembling and fear, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. You ready for grieving the Holy Spirit? Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. This is a great image of it. A person who yeah. doesn't let God work in them. God is in them. and he's, he's pulling on your heart to go do this. No, go help that person. Go love that person. But you're just like, your flesh is, no, nah, I got I to gotta worry about me. I got to worry about me. The Holy Spirit's in you tugging you. And you feel convicted and you go on a TikTok live stream and say, JD, man, how do I get closer to God? I always feel so wrong about what I'm doing. You've probably been grieving what God's been tugging on you. And that's why you feel that way. Listen to it. Let him guide you. I don't know if you wanted to touch on that. Uh, I know you already touched on grieving it, but I don't know if you want to touch on that yeah. before we answer this question. I mean, and, and it's it's just it's 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 we are vessels to be used by God, and by grieving the Holy Spirit, it's like it's like the Holy Spirit comes in you. And I'm gonna give you this analogy: it's like buying the most expensive sports car, the best one of a kind sports car, and then parking it in the garage, never driving it, never letting it out. That's that's basically what happens to a lot of people. They get spiritually they get spiritually lethargic. That's what happened. They'd be hearers they, of the word, but not doers of the word. Doers. There we go. You get spiritually lethargic. You are told, get out there, preach the gospel. Sometimes you're standing in the grocery aisle and God's, you feel that tug. Like you need to tell this person about the gospel. And then you don't, you walk away feeling deflated. Like I should have told that person about Jesus. I should have told them about Jesus. And ultimately this is, these are all forms, all forms of how, how we grieve the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let me hit this question on screen before we keep going. So uh, what is accident and pass away? Sorry, not debating, just honest question. You're, it, no, we don't think you're debating, Casey, and I appreciate your question. And honestly, it sounds like you're either Catholic or you have some Catholic upbringing or something in your line of, 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 of teaching comes from a Catholic viewpoint, because in the Catholic viewpoint, you can sin and you get dirtier and you have to repent. And then you get sin, you get dirty, you have to repent. Can I be very honest with you guys? I'll answer it this way. When you die, there will be sins that you committed that you didn't ask forgiveness for. There will be because you're not going to know when death is coming. And we sin every day in our mind, in our thoughts. Our, our Listen, the greatest commandment is not thou shall not murder. The greatest commandment is not thou shall not commit adultery. The great, oops, The greatest commandment is to love thy Lord, thy God with your heart, mind, soul, and might. Right. That's the greatest commandment. Jesus tells us that. And Yahweh says it in the Old Testament. Right. Greatest commandment. You yeah. break that every day. How do every I know? Day. Because do you did you today, every moment of today, did you love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your mind, every day. all your might? No, you did not. You want to know why uh, uh, you I can tell you you did not because when you woke up, what was the first thing on your mind after that? What did you do? After that, did you not have any prideful thoughts today? Did you not have selfish desires today? Did you not get in your flesh at all today? You see, again, I'm not sitting here condemning you either. I'm making it clear that we need Jesus so bad that we don't even recognize it sometimes because we think that only things that are sins, like I stole this Gatorade, that's a sin. The minute I looked at it thinking I want to take that Gatorade, I coveted in my heart. 
I had yeah. I had evil in my heart. Right. So we break the greatest commandment daily. This is why Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We need Jesus. Yeah. And you are covered in the blood of Christ. And then in Romans chapter four, I'll open it up. I, I love going to Romans chapter four. And then we'll go to first John, which answers another question someone asked. Romans chapter four says something beautiful. And, and this is why I tell people, again, there's another one that many people that follow me have heard me say a lot. Verse seven says, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven. We would all agree that's us, right? We believe that our lawless yeah. deeds have been forgiven, yeah. right? Past tense, yesterday. And then it says, and whose sins are covered. That's right now. The sins I'm doing right now, they're covered. Present tense. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. But wait a minute. Am I that blessed man? Are you that blessed man? Casey, I want you to ask yourself today. Am I that blessed man that the Lord's not counting sin against? Why is he not counting sin against? Because it's not your uh, deeds that get you in heaven or not. It's Christ's righteousness that is imputed on you. What does it say right before this? Just as David also speaks of the blessings of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. It is Christ's righteousness that is in you. It is Christ's righteousness that protects you. And this is why Romans 5 starts off saying, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. If you think that if I don't repent before I die, I might go to hell, then you can't truly have peace with God because at any moment mm -hmm. you'll be lost. Amen. And Amen. so I want you to know right now, you can have peace with your God. Your God Amen. came into the flesh and, and put himself on that cross for you. And 1 John chapter 2 says, when you sin... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Um, and then on top of all that, yes, uh, Fallon uh, emphasized what I was going to go to next. The word repent doesn't mean ask for forgiveness. Uh, the word repent is actually a change of mind and a change of inner person, inner, inner being. So when your saving repentance happened when you came to faith. When you came yeah. to faith, that's saving repentance. Now, should Amen. you ask for forgiveness when you sin? Of course. But just like my son, if he breaks a rule upstairs, before he comes down here, he's forgiven. He should still walk in here and say, Dad, I'm sorry. Of course, because I expect that of him. But before he walked through that door, he was forgiven because I love my son. And I would yeah. never hold a grudge against him. Likewise, your father wants you to ask for forgiveness, but you were forgiven before you asked. Now, I heard someone ask about how can we know we're saved? Read 1 John, and when you finish reading it, read it again. Uh, the entire book of 1 John was written so that you may have assurance of your salvation. FYI, JD, John doesn't mention tongues once in 1 John. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or casting out demons, but yet I write this so that you may have assurance and have confidence for the day of judgment is actually what he says. Yeah. Confidence yeah, I mean, this is what I was also saying in second... Exactly what I was saying just before when you went off, you know, in Second Timothy also, we see the instructions to the man of God and none of them, none of those instructions in Second Timothy involve tongues or, or gifts or anything of the sort. And this is the problem. People, people have brought that in to um, salvation when it's got nothing to do with salvation. I mean, I, I always like to go to just to just another one just for you quickly, Casey, before I pop off is if you look at the story of David and Amnon, um, you know, Amnon, his son, raises a rebellion against his own father, against his own father. He gets an army together to overthrow his father so that he can take the throne. And when Amnon dies, he gets his hair caught up and he gets beheaded and they bring David the head of Amnon. David doesn't go good. He's dead. 
He cries out, my son, my son, Amnon. He grieves his son. Even though his son rose up an insurrection against him, he grieves his son. The same principle applies, as, as Mike said, I love my children. If my son slips up when he's a teenager, he gets into a car accident, he accidentally kills someone, um, there are going to be consequences. He's, he, 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 might, he might be put up for manslaughter. He, he might have to go to jail. He might have to do a sentence. This does not mean that he is loved any less by me. The same principle, if we look at Romans 8, it says there is nothing. Paul even goes as far as to say, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything is able to separate us from the love of God. So again, we see from the first verse in Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the, the, the lust of the flesh, but according to the spirit of life in Christ. And, and that is that is what we know. God will chastise us when we slip up. Amen. There will be chastisements, but there won't be a separation of love. That's for sure. Amen. Yuri said, I totally agree. Jesus is the only way. What about Revelation 22, 12? So Revelation 22, 12 says, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one what he has done. Um, so this speaks of the white throne judgment. So Christians do have a specific type of judgment. It is not a judgment of condemnation, but rather a judgment of rewards. Uh, Christians will be paid out for what they do. In fact, uh, matter of fact, I'll open the Bible app back up real quick. And um, in 1 Corinthians 3, I'm not going to read the whole thing because we don't have time. I recommend you go read it. But right in the beginning of 1 Corinthians 3, Paul says what? He says, uh, well, not the beginning, but uh, right here. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. And then it actually goes on to talking about what you build upon the foundation of Christ. It says nobody can remove the foundation of Christ, which um, – where's all my highlights at? And sure. I'm sorry. Man. I got I, – I was confused because my highlights are missing. Y'all know I've got – I. I normally got highlights in here. So now I'm like, I'll worry about that later because I'm really confused where my highlights are at. Um, but um, what you build upon the foundation of Christ will affect, uh, uh, you know, what kind of reward you have. Jesus tells you um, build up your treasures in heaven and not on earth, right? Paul talks yeah. about it in Second mm -hmm. Corinthians of us standing before him and, and giving an account for things. And, and there is, let me say this very clearly. There are Christians who are, common and then christians who go above and beyond in heaven and, and you can be a person that that just wants salvation you just want to ride uh that ride the, the the coats of salvation and you get the greatest gift ever salvation and then you can be a christian who wants to serve your lord thy god with every bit of your soul and, and receive rewards in, in in paradise for it um we don't do it for that reason but that's up to you. And and Daniel says that the people that lead people to righteousness shine brightest in the sky. Uh, we see uh, blessed are the feet of those that bring the gospel. We see uh, uh, we see all throughout Scripture about those people that decided to serve Him. Second Timothy chapter two verse twenty says, "In the, in the master's house there are vessels of common use and vessels of honorable use. And if you want to be a vessel of honorable use, cleanse yourself. Cleanse yeah, yourself. Right? Yeah. Amen." Can you I mean, have a so relationship? Many there's so many good questions in the chat. There's, uh, I know. Like, we got 10 minutes left. And I don't know how long JD has, but I'm going to try and run through as many as possible. Can you have a relationship with Jesus Christ if you are not a Christian? Um, if you're talking about self-proclaimed Christian, yes. But it's impossible because the definition of what Christian is. So the word yeah. Christian is the root word Christ and the suffix I-A-N. That would be like saying, can I be 
a, a, a Texan without being from Texas. No, because a Texan means that I, I belong to Texas or I share attributes or I reside there or these different like meanings, right? Can you be, a, can I be a vegetarian while eating burgers? No. Right. So uh, can you have a relationship with Jesus if you're not a Christian? No. Now, does that mean you have to proclaim that you are a Christian? No, because some people don't like that term. Some people say I'm a follower of the way and I, I have no problem with that. What you call yourself means nothing, but semantically, if you have a relationship with Jesus, that would make you a Christian. If it's the true Jesus, there are people that ha have a relationship with false Christs, as the Bible talks about. You know, the Bible talks about false Christ, and we know about them, the Mormons, the Jehovah's Witnesses, false Christ in, in Islam, Isa. Yeah. Yeah, and this is this is the problem. A lot of people have a false Christ, you know. Um, I'm just going to address the atheist in the room, Dr. Octagon. I don't think faith is a good pathway to the truth. Well, um, I don't think cheeseburgers should make me fat. And I don't think that I should have to run or do push-ups and sit-ups to get a six-pack and have nice arms. So ultimately, that's your opinion. You're standing on the premise of something you believe personally. That is, doesn't make it truth doesn't make a truth. Faith comes from God. God gives into each and every single man a measure of faith. And um, you've come here for a reason and we'll be praying for you and uh, that your eyes will be open to the glorious gospel of the truth can, of Jesus. Can Christ. I also say that that's actually a terrible statement to make because it, it's, it's basically, I can tell that this person is using the word faith in their own definition. But so if it, Dr. Octagon, um, Dr. PhD, whatever you are, uh, <laughs> but the word faith comes from the Latin term fide, which means to trust or have confidence. So let's replace mm -hmm. the word faith mm -hmm. with what it means. I don't think trust and confidence is a good pathway to truth. Well, sir, I don't know if you know this, but every scientist out there has to have trust in his, in his measurements, trust in his sources, trust in his knowledge, trust in his experiments. You have to have confidence in what you're doing. In fact, I would say it's impossible to pursue any truth, religious or not, without faith. In, I would say yeah. that it's impossible. Because why? Because you need evidence, and evidence gives you faith. I have trust that a plane will land when it takes off because of the evidence that I've seen planes take off and land, and, and we've yeah, conquered exactly. aerodynamics. So yeah. this person's asked this yeah. a few times, J.D. I don't know if you wanted to touch on it. Is it possible? Oh, man. I, I love this question. I love this question. John Pa, um, God bless you and thank you for your question. Yes, this is absolutely. It, is it possible for a true believer of Christ to commit suicide? Yes, it is. It is. It, and it has happened. We, we, we see it even with, with in Samuel. Saul, uh, you know, um, Saul, you know, Samuel prophesies that, that, that Saul will die um, and he will be present with the Lord. We then see Saul committing suicide. But Samuel's prophecy says that Saul will be with the Lord. So again, we know that suicide doesn't it doesn't equate to exclusion. This is a Roman Catholic thing that they have incorporated that suicide meant straight to the pit. Suicide meant straight to hell, um, where this is not biblical. This is not biblical at all. We, we see that any true believer who is saved and is sealed by the Holy Spirit will be saved, will be secure in the arms of Jesus. At the end of the day, we don't understand everybody. And this is this is a sad thing. It's a sad thing because I know Christians who have taken their own lives. And um, so it is a very it is a very sensitive subject. And to remove our feelings from the situation, we I had to go to the scriptures and look, what does God say about this? What does God say about this? And there is no clear indication that 
that there is, this is a sin that won't be forgiven. We see all sin will be forgiven. All sin will be forgiven except blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. That's yeah. what the scriptures tell us. That, that's one of those things based on repetition. I also used to think, well, if it's you die right before that sin and you didn't get a chance to repent of it, so that's the one. Like you do that and you can't be forgiven. And again, this isn't giving anybody like, I'm not trying to give you a pathway out. Like you shouldn't do that. But I'm saying mm. a true believer that might be battling with some serious issues in their life. A mental illness, uh, uh, their flesh is just, they've just been battling with an addiction. And, and is it possible? Yes, 100%. Um, this is the last time I'll address Dr. Octagon because it's a distraction, but I do because this can help others. He said, you're comparing the scientific method to the faith you have in ancient texts and on scrolls. Okay, you do you. So uh, just want to throw this out there. All historical literature, we have to have some type of confidence or trust in it. And there is certain ways that we study it and understand if it's true. The scientific method actually can't be used for any history. Caesar, Aristotle, Plato, you can't do any of that with the scientific method because the scientific method causes uh, needs you to observe something and reproduce it and have a controlled environment. You can't do that with any history. So we have an actual different way that we actually scientifically, if you want to use that word, uh, pursue truth in history. Do I have faith that the evidence is insurmountable that Jesus did exist? Yes. There's not a reputable historian that would ever say Jesus did not exist. Uh, on top of that, do I believe that the evidence says that this Jesus died on the cross? Yes. There's, oh my goodness, so much evidence. Over 15 extra biblical sources that say he died on the cross. And then do I have faith in the evidence that he rose from the grave, yes, over 500 eyewitnesses, his apostles, their lives, what they did, the Roman, uh, the Romans' attempts to find the body, the Romans' attempts to defeat Christianity, in, impossible to do so. Like, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't have enough faith to deny it, actually. So that's the last I'll do with that. So uh, God bless you. Um, on that one, guys. And we got three minutes left, so we got to end this live stream. Uh, we know the questions are going to keep coming. And if we try to keep answering them, we would keep going. But mm. if you want to have conversations, you guys want to do this, we'll be back uh, uh, Wednesday um, um, and, and and definitely uh, tune in. So if you're not already on my uh, beacons, I've, I now have like a little subscribe thing. And I'm going to start getting something pushed out where we open up like a mailbag eventually where people can submit questions. So go ahead and hit the beacons app uh, link and hit the little subscribe thing in the corner. I sent out a test email this week, and um, hopefully I can get it to the point where if you subscribe, I can send out a mass email, and, and it'll say something like, you know, hey, we're doing mailbag next week, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I do want to give you guys a heads up. Next Monday, I will be not on the show. I have a vacation coming up, and I was going to try and do it from the hotel, and it probably would be possible, but I need a break. I need it. I need a break this week. I'm doing kids camp Friday. We're going out to pride week with Justin, myself. We've invited people to join us. Make sure you tune into that live stream Wednesday. So next Monday, JD is going to hold it down for me. Same place, same time. He's going to rock it out. Um, um, and so it was, still, it's the, the show still goes on. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up on that, but be back Wednesday at nine. Uh, JD, what do you got for the people before we close out with a prayer? Yeah. Um, Guys, just finally, last last reminder to please like and subscribe on, on the page. Um, and what I would love for all of you to do is, is after this video, if you go back and re-watch any of the old videos, if there are topics you guys would like us to discuss, please leave it in the comments. 
Um, leave it in the comments of the videos. You know Mike's handle on TikTok's True Christian. I'm at Tunes Empty Bro for all of those that are on TikTok. And let us know. Drop us an inbox on topics that you would like to discuss. I saw your question, Ruben. No, I do not believe it is possible for a Christian today to blaspheme the Holy Ghost. But again, that's a loaded question. Lots, lots of scripture that we need to go into when addressing that subject and why I stand on the premise of no, it's not possible. But again, guys, God bless you all. Thanks for coming. Um, this was an awesome podcast. I believe it was truly edifying, um, apart from the, the one troll we received um, about, you know, something that was <laughs> absolutely irrelevant to the topic of conversation. But uh, bless you all. Um, and yeah, let us pray, man. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, okay, you go, you go. No, you no, 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 no. You do, you do. You do, you do. I do, I do. I get you go, you go. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for an awesome life. Thank you, Lord, for my beautiful brother, Bear, Michael, and that you bless him and his beautiful family. Thank you, Lord, for each and every one of our brothers and sisters in the chat, even those that have come uh, to learn and to, and to, that you will tug on their hearts, Lord, and that you will open up their eyes to the truth of the glorious gospel. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we had this opportunity to shed light on, on the falsehoods that are out there. Thank you, Lord, that you have delivered us from all the forces of darkness and that we have faith in you alone, that we are saved and we are sealed. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for each and every single one of my brothers that is battling with anxiety, fear, uh, or even financial difficulties or ailments. Lord, that you are with them, that you bring them comfort and that your grace is sufficient for them. Thank you, Lord, for making this podcast possible. We bless and praise your holy name. Amen. 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 Hey, love you all, man. Guys, love you. I'll catch y'all later. Again, I'm not going live on TikTok after this. As soon as I close this live, I'm gonna say bye to them. I will see you all Wednesday. Um, and, and yeah, God bless you guys. Make sure you guys tune in, hit the like button, share button, all that stuff that you normally do. And as always, go in peace. Ciao.